Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Snake Oil Tanker. The slow nod from my production assistant, Davis Anthony. My name is Tim Crisp. This is my podcast about Alkaline Trio, and this is my friend David. Hello. He's joining us this week, as uh, he did last week. Mm-hmm. And the, the week before that. The week before that. And also the week after this. Yeah, I got to start finding new guests. Mm-hmm. But for now, he'll do, because he likes the Alkaline Trio, and so do I. And we're here to talk about an Alkaline Trio song this week on our podcast. Well, my podcast, mm-hmm. as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. And good to be here, the... Tim. Oh, yeah. When see when I pause is not necessarily a cue for you to talk. Good to be here, Tim. We've got the first song from the first seven inch. Second seven inch. There you go. Glad that you're here, David. Mm-hmm. Um wait uh What's the first seven inch? Sundials. Oh yeah. That's a single. This is a seven inch. Okay. This is an EP. I'll give you that. Snake oil tanker. And also for most of us out here, the sixth song on self titled Alkaline Trio from the year two thousand. I had to hold back from doing the, the thing when you said that. Andy Richter. Yeah, exactly. What a weird song. Honestly, yeah. have at the front of your seven inch. Um, I think as a kid, I was always like, I will say when I heard this for the first time, I had not heard the phrase selling snake oil. Nor had I. So I was like, is that a th- thing? Like, what is, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. that? Um, obviously, snake oil is just like, yeah, you're, you're getting one over on somebody. What's the um? What's the Simpsons uh thing that they're selling that Grandpa and Homer are selling? Oh, the tonic, yeah, the sex tonic. My friends Scott and Dan, I, I was living with them, and their Halloween costume one year was two old timey guys named Stick Butterstein uh-huh. and Michael Carmichael, and they had a. Carmichael and Butterstein Wonder Tonic wow. that they brought with them to the Halloween party. That's a good costume. It was pretty impressive. Me, I went to the fest that year. So, oh well, there you go. Yeah. Um. Also, really? a costume contest in a, of a sort. <laughs> uh. Very limited range. Snake oil tanker. Uh. One. I want to just point out how this song, such a weird opener for a seven inch. Two, there's only one other song like this that they've ever written. Yep. And it's on the same seven inch. And that's Cooking Wine. Yep. And it's like, Matt was really fascinated with this like structure of minute 15 to minute 40. We got a minute 22 on this one. Yeah. Uh, Where it's like, verse, verse, chorus, end, Mm -hmm. which is interesting i like it personally it's definitely the type of song that he could not have written six months later even definitely um, he was not writing songs like this 
by the time this seven inch was out, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah. passed this. He's already type done. Of material. But both these songs, Cooking Wine, Sink, Old Tanker, I think are still fan favorites, and I feel like I've seen them play both of these a good number of times. Yeah, and you have to think that like this is this is a track that probably has been in the set list for so long because it has a really good utilitarian purpose where mm-hmm. if you are playing maybe some like longer more drawn out material you're going into maybe a lot of like new stuff on the road this is one that you can just pop right into and it'll immediately get the crowd back into mm-hmm. movement and it happens so fast so quick it's a little silly and yeah god like especially the oz yeah oh my god well, and that's such an early thing that they did i feel like that's gotta be glenn mm-hmm. because uh on the version of 97 from the demo there's like this really high like ah just yeah. in the background mm. um i remember uh maskebo once likening it to Millhouse singing on their track. Oh my um, goodness. But yeah, I feel like there was a period of time and it's kind of lost unless you saw them then where Glenn did a lot of backing vocals along with Dan and Matt. So it kind of was all three of them singing and he, he would really just do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think live it's fine. And I think on some of these tracks it's fine, but it does, it just sticks out in a way where like, that's not a thing they would ever put onto a song now. Yeah, and I mean, especially when you look at how just off-key it is. And, yeah. like, just if they were ever to do something like that, it would be much cleaner, uh-huh. at least by the time, like, maybe I'll Catch Fire is coming out. Oh, for sure. Like, even by then, it would be a lot more... It would just be tighter. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, th- this is such a strange song because also for years, like I knew, th- uh, I'm doing air quotes on a podcast, I knew the words to this song, but I did not know the real words to this song. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, uh, second half of the, uh, like resembling a faker, I think is one that probably you could ask a hundred people what he says there and you're going to get 79 different responses. I feel the same way about uh, resembling a fanker, charming snake oil tanker. And then whatever comes after that to the word dad. Yeah, totally. It's It's like, tell me what that is. (laughs) Don't let them strike you down is, is what it is according to genius. Mm -hmm. But this is, it's, it's such a funny number. It's such a funny lyrical song because like this to me is the same energy as you were like a toilet bowl sure. at the end of the rainbow. There's nothing. I mean, I know you wish I was dead. Sure. Mm-hmm. But nothing resembling the kind of trademark Matskiba, uh lyrical content. Yeah, totally. I mean, the only part that is that is the one you just call that. Like, I know that you wish I was dead. I know because you told me last weekend clever line like it quite a bit mm-hmm. but like when I'm, I'm gonna be a being this to cooking wine this entire episode so apologies to anyone who doesn't care about that <laughs> but like when you look at cooking wine like that is all his lyrical hall- hallmarks yeah in the same structured idea mm-hmm. right um so he could do it. it it's just it's rare he's this concise in terms of songwriting and i think also lyrical modes like b- both those songs 
have a very Ramones ethos of like second verse, which is immediately after the first verse. So maybe it's mm-hmm. just one long verse. Same shit. Yep. But I don't mind it because it's just so quick. It's so quick. And I think that it's it's also pretty similar to Fear Lungs Only, like mm-hmm. just in the in the way that it drives in a very like just strange pace. Yeah. Um and especially when you get into like the verses on Fear Lungs Only where it's kind of bouncing around a lot. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely like a document of the past. I don't think like guitar wise he does too much that's very similar to this and then they the like real quick dun 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 yeah maybe gets past 1998 with stuff like yeah that. yeah and i mean i love it i think that shit's awesome mm-hmm. um i do think you know it, this is the type of thing that i think is so interesting in doing a podcast about a singular band where like if they had done that a lot like that type of shit mm-hmm. and it became their signature there would reach a point where it's like okay well like i know exactly what the song's going to be i know how it's going to go and, and i think these songs would feel less special um you know so there is part of me where it's like oh i wish they would do shit like this now but it wouldn't feel the same and if they were using this as the basis of what they wanted to do i don't think they would have hit a lot of the highs they did four five six years later um, so it's kind of interesting to look at tracks like this where I have so much affinity for them and have so much good stuff to say, but it's almost better that they kind of just let it be like did a couple and just stopped. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that you're also looking at the fact that this comes out the same year as God damn it. Like within mm-hmm. a few months of it, really, this is a May release. God damn it is an October release. It's crazy how quickly that could happen back then. And I think that God damn it does have some of this energy, mostly in the songs that go back further. Sure. Nose over tail yeah. has this kind of energy, but nose over tail is an older song. Cringe has a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. But I think by the time Goddammit is out, the big shift is that this isn't a basement punk band anymore. Goddammit sort of elevates them out of there. And I don't think stuff like this is going to translate as this band gets bigger. Totally. I mean, I, I think that's the difficulty there. Like, even when we're talking about, like, those kind of harsh end stops and kind of the weird, like, dangling notes Skeeble will do on the guitar in a song like this he does them more effectively in what is more conventional good song structure. And now I'm not one to like stand up and be like, Oh, like a song has to be structured this way to be good. But there is the, you actually are one to do that. And this is true. Um, so like to me, I think it's very odd to look at these songs and try to dissect them when it's just like, this just feels like you had six lines of lyrics and one part, and you kind of jammed on the second part and the song was done and you called it a day. Mm-hmm. And it's better off for it. But totally. th- like, how do you dissect something that seems so on its face? Yeah, there's um, there's a quote that I came up on recently in the, um, it's in the 
OK Computer 33 and a third. Okay. I downloaded all these 33 and a thirds because I'm about to go on tour. Mm-hmm. I got an iPad. I know. So did you see? I, I guess we didn't really like introduce you to the iPad before we started recording. It's OK. If you want to take a look at it after. Um, I downloaded all of them. Mm-hmm. And I've been having a blast just reading a bunch of them i did guided by voices b thousand i did highway 61 revisited by bob dylan and the okay computer one is a lot more of like an academic sort of essay like a new criticism and he really goes by this quote that's like uh i think it's a pete townsend which is music so hard to explain because it's so easy Mm -hmm. it's so simple everybody gets it so trying to explain it is like just kind of impossible. You can explain movies because there's so many more elements. There's a plot. There's a narrative. Mm-hmm. And though there are songs that very much have those, which is why I think to tie that around a little bit, I think it's why people have for decades dissected Bob Dylan. Yeah. You know? Um, and for 97 episodes, we've dissected a fair amount of Alkaline Trio songs that give us that type of story. Whereas this is just like, he had a clever idea based on around the snake oil phrase, Mm -hmm. made it into oil tanker. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a fucking before and after on Wheel of Fortune. Like that's (laughs) maybe even where he got it. Who knows? Uh, I know Brendan Kelly likes to watch Jeopardy. Maybe Matt Skiba likes to watch The Wheel. He does like to watch Jeopardy and The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, I like that guy. He's a good one. But anyway, there is another version of the song that is very fascinating that came out on A Very Milky Christmas. I think that's the name of the comp, but it was by Milk Magazine. Um, Clearly, they picked this song to record acoustically because it says Christmas in it. That mm-hmm. seems to be about... That's my guess to the thought process, right? It's got a little shaker, kind of bells, tambourine thing. Mm-hmm. But it's basically just an acoustic version of the song, which on its face, you're probably like, oh, why would they do an acoustic version of this song? But I think it's actually very good. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, give us a little story on Milk Magazine and a very milky Christmas. So Milk Magazine was run by my boss, former boss, a guy named Josh Modell. He used to be the uh, editor-in-chief or executive editor of the AV Club. He had a lot of different titles, but... Him and I are buds, and he ran Milk Magazine when he lived in Milwaukee and worked at Atomic Records. And Atomic Records was, like, a pretty famous record store in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I forget. I think it's in the Sam I Am music video for Capsize. Someone's wearing an Atomic Records shirt. Oh, how about that? Um, So, like, it was a known thing. And um, Josh... Like booked a lot of shows in the mid '90s onward, and I think kind of fell off in the early 2000s. But like he booked early Alkaline Trio shows, he booked like Cap and Jazz, a bunch of shit like that. Mm-hmm. And he's really into the early Alkaline Trio stuff. So when we started working together, and he kind of learned that, we started talking about some of the stuff. And I was like, "Oh, he put out that comp. That's funny." So like he was kind of tight with them, and this isn't like related to this song, but it is a truly beautiful story is that for from here to infirmary they tap vagrant and the band decide like we'll have josh write our bio Mm -hmm. so josh was trying to get Matt on the phone like they knew each other and he like couldn't lock him down and then one night like matt calls him up at like 1 a.m drunk 
like he's like let's do the interview and josh is like <laughs> okay <laughs> so they do it he writes the thing sends it in and then he runs into matt at a show or something a couple weeks later he's like and matt's like oh man i have to call you we have to do that interview still get out and josh is like oh, okay <laughs> uh <laughs> so the I, I love that insight because it's so fucking spot on. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's wild to think that that this this dude who's putting a record out on Vagrant Records, he still is such a fucking twenty four year old mm-hmm. doofus. Yep, yep. Uh, gotta love it. I would love. A transcript of that conversation oh, if it exists um that would be so fucking tight it would be hilarious to me so um a very milky christmas came out december 9th the year 2000 snake oils anchor acoustic and this is uh so this is dan matt and Mike Fellamly mm-hmm. performing the song acoustic. There's a lot of uh, auxiliary percussion on there, so nice. um, pretty cool to to hear. And we'll link this in the episode notes on this uh, podcast. And I'm saying that for my sake, mm-hmm. really. But um, this is the sort of thing that we start to see a couple years later with blue in the face where they're comfortable with making acoustic tracks that aren't just playing acoustic guitar yeah, yeah. into a song. This is, has a lot more pr- production and there's like, layers really there feel to it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where it's like, I'm kind of shocked. I'm and every time I hear it, I kind of forget how good I think it is. I think that's voice is really on point. He's doing a, he's not singing as uh, high. He's kind of dropping an octave. He's like, much. I think we're at the point where he's gotta start dropping it off. Yes, um, it's very slowed down. There's some nice layers on it. I think it's all very tasteful. But yeah, to that point, like we don't really touch on the damnesia material that much because it's not really worth talking about most mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. We will talk about the songs that are original songs on damnesia. Yeah, yeah. And we bring up the like occasionally we'll talk about a when there's something that sticks out a lot like mm-hmm. where like blue in the face like cl- clearly Matt just wanted another goat singing it yeah so that's kind of why it exists but a lot of those songs like clavicle or whatever it's just clavicle with an acoustic guitar like there's no real insight to gleam from that um but this is actually something where i'm like if they had done a bunch of shit like this for a damnesia i would not be opposed to that Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's not what it was. That sure. is like still them in a nice studio trying to remain true to what it was, but just like, all right, Derek, slow it down like 15 BPM. Mm-hmm. Use some brushes. Yeah. Acoustic bass, acoustic guitar, same everything else, same mm-hmm. structure. I don't really care about that. But this is a, a real weird kind of interpretation of it. I mean, you think about. There's there's an extra thirty seconds on this song that's under two minutes. That, yes. that's a significant uh Addition. increase. Um and this there's comp some is goofy like, stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This comp is pretty cool, actually. There's uh Promise Ring Holiday Adam dismemberment plan this mm-hmm. Christmas. And then uh the, the legendary Doc J and DJ uh Dreidel. Thank mm-hmm. God. Or tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. I wonder who that's about. 
What do you rate this song? Uh, this is a tough one. It is a tough one, right? Like, uh, what, what are you, um, what are you looking at when you're when you're rating it? So, a few weeks ago, I did the Nimrods podcast with my friends James and Jake, mm. and they do a. Well, I I know that because I subscribe to it, and all of our listeners, I believe, do. No, you should least, if uh, they don't. If they're true, um, and that they have a much harder task sometimes because they're trying to rank them every single song. Yeah. So it's like a list of 120 songs and every week two new ones are going in it. Mm -hmm. And they talk a lot about like, what is, what is the, what you think of green day? And then like, what's a good outlier and how do those things Mm -hmm. fit on a rank list, which is an interesting thing. Cause I feel like I do the same thing here, even though we don't keep a ranked list going. Yeah. And a song like this, I like it a lot, mm-hmm. but it's like, can I give it four stars? I don't know. So I'm really hung up here. I mean, this is this is an interesting one to to kind of trace back to because I think that something that we uh, missed talking about before I said, what do you what do you rate it? Is the fact that for me, this song for a long time was the point where Alkaline Trio self-titled becomes a totally different thing. Yes. You look at the fact that that fucking uh, compilation starts with Goodbye Forever, and then we do the uh, I Light My Face Off EP, fucking My Friend Peter at number Mm. five. Like, give me a better one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, exactly. And this song is just like, you start a completely different rubric on this on this track like when when six yeah. six through nine comes yeah it's like it's like okay well i don't i ha, can i compare it to my friend peter not really no i mean it's just so hard where it's like when i look at the early material i would say up through god damn it you know i i like basically all of that material but when i zoom outward even further and i'm like up through let's say good morning or crimson or even the whole career it's like there's a lot of good stuff in there that i would stump for higher mm-hmm. um but i think given the brevity i think given what it's trying to do it achieves it mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's not one i'm like oh i'm going to listen to snake oil tanker today but i never dislike that experience yeah so I'm I am gonna lock it in at a three and a half. I'm gonna give it a four. Um and I think that yeah, it's uh it's sort of the end of really the first phase of this band. If we're if we're really breaking it down, like sure. this is the demo, this is the single, mm-hmm. this is the for your lungs only EP stop. Mm-hmm. God damn it starts phase two. So I think that um, to me, the peak in all of that is for your lungs only the song, but this one I think like serves such a cool purpose. Um, and I think that the, the biggest testament to it is probably the fact that they still play alive yeah. because it can still fit anywhere and still probably achieve the same thing because it's not like it's a crowd pleaser. Like, uh, fucking my friend Peter is a crowd sure. pleaser, but I think it's a testament to this band that a song like this is 
going to initiate a response no matter what. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, damn it, that's why I don't pay you to be here. Mm-hmm. For you to agree with me and for you to make me look good to all of our listeners out there. My God, we are closing in on episode number 100. Coming up fast. Of this podcast that we started because we wanted to hang out more, mm-hmm. and we've done just that. It's so great to see you. This is the beginning of a batch. Yep. And we are going to spend some fun time together talking about this band that we love. That's why we do it, and we thank you all for joining us and invite you to subscribe on your podcast player, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Follow us on Spotify. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were the place where you can go and help support the show by pledging a monthly amount we have totes are in looking great i did that mail order mm-hmm. in 48 hours damn those totes came in i put them in envelopes i brought them to the post office i wrote on the envelopes first smart that could have been a disaster they're on their way i feel so accomplished well hopefully I... they're there now but yeah, I guess, so. out. I guess so. Um, if they're not there, you can call David. His personal cell phone number is. So um, I'll make sure that he clears out his voicemail box and you can give him a call and complain. Um, either way, I'm like pointing at the totes. I don't know. Why. Yeah. Don't but know. Um, we do this podcast because we enjoy it and we will continue to do it. And bring it to you for free every week. And we look forward to coming back next week with another track and more to talk about. We'll see you then. Thanks, folks. I know that you wish I was there.